You're listening to Hardwired with Jeff Wickwire. Here's what's coming up in today's edition. Somebody who says they're a believer and they live duplicitously and people see it, your testimony's ruined. You can get it back, but you can't tell people that Jesus loves you and he really changed my life and then you turn around and do something crooked. So this is why integrity matters. I need God's help. We all need God's help because we're in a nation swirling down the drain. We need another model. Thank God for Jesus. In our world today, it's easy to live a life full of double standards. We live in a culture that says it's okay to do what you want to do so long as we know who God is. But this couldn't be further from the truth. Today, Pastor Jeff wants you to know that when you give your life to Jesus, you make a commitment to live a life set apart from the rest of the world. The more you remain entrenched in sin, the weaker your testimony is. Put an end to damaging your character and be a city on a hill for the whole world to see. Well, let's join Pastor Jeff in the book of Revelation chapter 2 as he continues his message, Pergamos, the Lax Church. The children of Israel were going through the wilderness. There was about a million and a half of them. Some say two million. A gigantic, massive sea of people. And they began to go through the land of the Moabites. So Balak, the king of the Moabs, uh, wanted them cursed. So he went looking for somebody who had a reputation for being spiritual and being able to do things supernatural. They heard about Balaam. They called on Balaam. He sent messengers to Balaam. He said, I'll pay you a bunch of money if you will come and curse these people so that their journey is completely stopped and destroyed and they are stopped in their tracks, which would have stopped the plan of salvation. So Balaam said, I can't do it. Well, Balak sent another group of men with more money. Balaam said, well, maybe I need to pray about it. And then finally, again, he sent him a deal he couldn't resist. He said, okay, I'll come, but I can't promise what I'm going to say. Long story short, he stands Balaam up on a ledge where he sees this sea of Israeli people going through the wilderness. He said, now curse them. Well, he couldn't because all of a sudden he began to prophesy, prophesy positive things about God's plan for this people. And Balak the king of the Moabites is sitting there having a heart attack. What are you doing? I paid you to curse them, not to bless them. And here's what Balaam said. I can't curse who God has blessed. I can't do it. Everybody say, I can't be cursed. If you know Jesus, I can't be cursed because I'm blessed. No weapon formed against you will prosper. Somebody may curse you, but it won't land. It won't land. But now, so Balak said, well, get up there and do it again. Well, again, and this time he gave one of the most beautiful messianic prophecies in the whole Bible. So Balak said, man, what's it going to take? Come on, Balaam, curse him. Well, he gets up there again and prophesies positive things. So when he's done, Balaam realizes I'm not going to get my paycheck. So he said, Balak, let me tell you what to do. Here's how you take these people down. He said, get your, the women, of the, the Moabite women, and the temple, the idolatrous temple prostitutes, and send them among the men of Israel and seduce Israel. And when Israel is seduced, God will have to judge them, and they will be stopped. 
they will be stopped. And so that's exactly what happened. And God's people came under the judgment of God. Thousands lost their lives under the judgment of God. The doctrine of Balaam, therefore, is the doctrine of compromise. It's the doctrine of compromise. See, the message to Israel was, oh, intermingle with the Moabite women. It's okay. A little bit of compromise here. A little bit of compromise there. It won't matter because after all, you're God's people, God's chosen. So you got grace on you. So that little compromise isn't going to hurt anything. Go ahead and intermingle with the Moabite women, but God had forbidden that. And so they came under judgment. So the doctrine of Balaam was the message that a child of God can live like the world and still serve God. That's the doctrine of Balaam. Now I ask you, dear church, is that all over the church today? The doctrine of Balaam? You can have one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom of God, and it's okay because you're under grace. Call that greasy grace. It's the false message that you as a believer in Jesus Christ can have the best of both worlds. One foot in, one foot out. You're kind of in, kind of out, kind of there, kind of not. You're in church on Sunday, the world on Monday. You can embrace other beliefs and other faiths and mingle it in with the Christian faith because no big deal. Because after all, you're saved. Doctrine of Balaam encouraged Christians then in the church in Pergamos. Some were teaching this and some are teaching it now in the Western church, in entire denominations. This doctrine slips in and infiltrates the church today. Don't be so legalistic. Don't be so serious about this thing. Live, enjoy life, party hardy. It encourages Christians to forget that they were called to separate themselves from this world. Are you with me? They say, what do you mean, Jeff? Here's what I mean. I'm in it, but I'm not of it. I'm in the world, but I'm not of it. I'm in it, but it's not my home. I've got another home. I got another kingdom. I got another king and he wasn't voted in and he's not a Democrat and he's not a Republican and he's not a libertarian. He's none of those things. No, he's a monarch. He's king of kings. He's Lord of Lords. And so the whole message that the doctrine of Balaam brings is you can be worldly and still please God. The Bible says, leave the corruption and compromise of the world. Is that what it says? Am I reading it right? 2 Corinthians 6, 17. So leave the corruption and compromise of the world. Leave it on Sunday and pick it up again on Monday. Oh, that's not what it says. I'm sorry. Leave it for how long? For good. Uh, don't link up with those who will pollute you. Be careful who you run with. I want you all for myself. Who's talking there? God is. What does he say? I want you all for myself. You're mine. I bought you with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. I'll be a father to you. You'll be sons and daughters to me. So the Bible says we're to leave the corruption. So we're to, we're to come out from among them. Now, that doesn't mean you don't talk to people that aren't saved. I talk to unsaved people all the time. 
have conversation. I'm, I, have, I enjoy conversing with them, but I don't go where they go on Friday nights. There's acquaintances and there's BFFs. For those of you that don't know, social media talk, speak talk, talk speak, that's best friends forever, okay? But no, no, the whole idea is as believers, we're called out and called in. He delivered us, Colossians 1.13, he delivered us out of the kingdom of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of God's dear son. So he brought us out to bring us in. But in order to come out, you gotta come out. Okay, so this is why the doctrine of Balaam is so damaging because it makes people, believers, indistinguishable from worldly people. Because if you're walking like them, talking like them, acting like them, going where they go, doing what they do, how can you tell anybody about Jesus? You're no different from them. We're the salt of the earth. We're the light of the world. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. Listen to what Jesus said. If the salt loses its taste, it can't be made salty again. Salt is useless if it loses its salty taste. It'll be thrown out. And watch this, where people will just walk on it. In other words, when the church loses its saltiness, it loses the world's respect. I ask you today, is the church being walked on today? Are people dissing it, no longer attending, no longer listening, no longer tuning in? Because if you lose your saltiness, your witness, your testimony, your distinctive differences, as believers, if you lose that, you're no longer salty. And people just say, ah, eh, the church, and they throw it out and they walk on it. So furthermore, the doctrine of Balaam is the message that a little sin, a little compromise doesn't hurt, especially if it brings financial gain because Balaam loved that money, honey. He loved that money. See, man, I blew it when I was up there. I was supposed to be cursing them. How can I get the paycheck? Ah, I'll curse God's people this way. And he showed how to bring God's people down. And he got his paycheck. So, Doctrine of Balaam is the message that little compromise here, little compromise there, no big deal. You can cut on those taxes. You can compromise your convictions at the office party. God understand. You can, you can play both sides of the fence at work. You can uh, 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 lift a little bit out of that tip jar at Starbucks. You know, I saw somebody do that. They, they acted like they were going in to give a tip and they came out with a handful tip money. It's quiet in here. Have you done that? Isn't it amazing what we can justify if we just think long enough? Hold back from supporting God's work and, and all these things. It's okay. Little corner cut here and there. God doesn't really care because most everything else is okay. Here's the thing. The bottom line with the doctrine of Balaam is the person swallowing it is reduced to compromising their biblical convictions for the sake of money or some other kind of material fleshly gain. And when you do that, now listen carefully to me because here's where I want to, I'm talking to Jeff and, and I'm talking to you and all of you online and those listening by radio and everywhere else. Listen carefully. When you do this, when you live a life of cutting corners here and there and little compromises, you're selling away your integrity. Now let me talk to you about integrity. 
See, Balaam sold his integrity for the money that Balak paid him to destroy Israel. He sold his integrity. He shook hands with the devil, literally, in a plot to destroy God's plan of salvation. Because they had to get to the promised land. Jesus is calling out this same error in the Pergamos church. He's saying there's people in your church teaching this. That's why I tell you, church, don't go where your ears are being tickled. I like listening to messages that sting me a little bit. How else am I going to grow? But if my ears are always being tickled and my flesh is being tickled, then, then I'm not growing. And that's not the word of God. When God talks to me, there's always a little bit of conviction that makes me want to get a little bit more right. Right? Paul said, this kind of false teaching is like a little bit of yeast that spreads through the whole batch of dough. That means it spreads through your whole life. And if it's a church, it spreads through the whole church. And that's why he's addressing it in Pergamos because they were in trouble of their whole church coming under this bad doctrine of Balaam. It was taking over. So what's integrity? Well, there's a Hebrew word and you translate it into integrity. Here's what the Hebrew word means. Wholeness uprightness, honesty, moral soundness, solid character. That's integrity. What you see is what you get. What you get is what you see. Uh, how many of you remember the math term integer? Remember that integer? I hated math. I remember integer. I didn't even want to say it. Integer. I hate saying it now, integer. But I got to tell you, it comes, that's where integrity comes from, that word. Because integer meant one whole number, a whole number. It wasn't fractionalized, it wasn't divided. It, it wasn't one number plus part of another one. An integer was a whole number. It was complete, it was whole. And we get integrity from that word. And so it means that our beliefs have been integrated into our behavior. So what we say believe, we believe is the way we live. So we are whole. When you're walking in integrity, you're walking in wholeness. When you're not walking in, in integrity, you are divided, you are split, you are fractionalized. Like most of Washington, I had to get that out. Because integrity is going the way of the dodo bird. It's on the... It's on the extinction list. Integrity is hard to find. find. Try to find somebody who has integrity, real integrity. Integrity isn't lost overnight. It's chipped away in a hundred different little decisions we don't think really matter. That's how integrity is gained. You make good decisions and integrity is built or you make bad decisions and integrity is torn down. Scientists now say that a series of slits, not a giant gash, is what sank the Titanic. They have sonar devices now that are so sophisticated, they recently sent the sonar signals down to the Titanic, and they were looking for a great big gash in it where it hit that iceberg and it made it sink. But they didn't find that. They found six little gashes along six watertight holes. And those little gashes are what sank the great ship.
It's the little compromises that sink us. It's the little foxes that spoil the vine. We don't think anybody cares. We don't think it really matters because it's little. But here's the deal. If you'll steal a dollar, you'll steal a hundred. If you'll be responsible over a dollar, you'll be responsible over a hundred. Jesus said, whoever can be trusted with small things can also be trusted with big things. Yeah. And whoever is dishonest in little things will be dishonest in big things too. So see, it's those little decisions that make or break integrity in our lives. Jesus was solid, walking, talking, consummate, personified integrity. I read about a preacher. I know this is a preacher story, but it's true. I read about a preacher. He preached on honesty and integrity one Sunday. And the next day he grabbed a bus to go downtown to do some shopping. And when he got onto the bus and, and gave the bus driver his fare, the bus driver gave him back way more than he was supposed to get back. So this preacher, by his own admission, Pastor Richie was his name, by his own admission, he put it in his pocket and said, well, his mistake, my game. And he sat down. He said, every yard that bus drove, I came under conviction. It was just change, a small gash in the Titanic, a small decision, a small amount. But he said, by the time we got to where we were going, I knew what I had to do. So I walked up to the bus driver and said, hey, you gave me way too much change here. Watch this. The bus driver said, aren't you Pastor Richie? And he said, well, yes. And he said, I was in your church yesterday. And I heard what you preached on. I'll be there this Sunday. Get that? Integrity over a little bit. Somebody with integrity, if they make a promise, they keep it. You ever notice these days, if, if you're going to make a, a contract, you, you got to sign so many documents, they take you back to the doctor that first spanked you when you were born. You know why? Because nobody can trust anybody's word anymore because integrity's gone. Used to be a handshake and I believed you. If they commit a huge mistake, the person of integrity admits it and they don't blame everybody else. If they believe something, they support it with the lifestyle they say they believe. Uh, they pay their bills. They tell the truth. They, they're prompt and on time, honoring the time of others. That's an integrity issue. Uh, they give their company an honest day's work. They don't cut unethical corners, people of integrity. Bible says, listen to this, Proverbs 28, 6. Better is the poor man who walks in his integrity than he who is crooked, though he be rich. It's better to be poor with integrity, according to God, than to be rich and crooked. I'm going to give you real quickly a few benefits of integrity. I'm not going to expand on it. Just going to give it to you. But how many of you want, how many of you love to be blessed by God? 
All right. Now, God is not dealing with this. He didn't put this in the book of Revelation to make us feel bad about ourselves. He gave it as a warning. Don't fall into the doctrine of Balaam. Walk in integrity. Never give up your integrity. Never sell it away. There needs to be a sign over every church door. Our integrity is not for sale. There needs to be a sign over everybody professing Christ. My integrity is not for sale. So here's a few quick benefits and we'll close. Safety and security. How many of you like being safe? Secure. All right, listen to this. He who walks with integrity walks securely. Wow. If you walk with integrity, there's a lot of things you don't even need to pray about because your integrity tells you what to do. Second, protection. Protection. May integrity and honesty protect me, prayed David, for I put my hope in you. David said, I know if I walk in integrity, and honesty, it protects me. Our culture believes the opposite. Lies will protect you. If you tell a lie, it will protect you. We lie to protect ourselves. But the Bible tells the opposite. If you, if you are truthful and walk in integrity, that will protect you. That protects you. Guidance. The integrity of the upright will guide them. How does it guide you? Because of integrity, you have the knowledge of the word of God of what is right and wrong, good and bad, light and dark. So you don't even need to pray about some things because integrity guides you to make the right decision. Here's one for the family. This is my last one. The righteous man walks in his integrity and his children are blessed after him. Wow. So when a kid sees a parent not living hypocritically or duplicitously. Not, I'm not talking about perfect, but genuinely, authentically. That kid says, huh, that's the way to live, with integrity. How have we lost integrity in America? Well, it didn't happen overnight. It's happened over decades. But integrity is almost gone. It's almost gone. None of our leaders, very few of them, hardly any of them, are displaying it, modeling it, walking in it. They lie, they cheat, they steal, they take bribes. If you want to find out what integrity looks like, don't look there. If you want to know what integrity looks like, look at Jesus. And look at his apostles. They walked in integrity. The Bible says a fly in the ointment of the perfume bottle makes it stink. Meaning somebody who says they're a believer and they live duplicitously and people see it, your testimony's ruined. You can get it back, but you can't tell people that Jesus loves you and he really changed my life. And then you turn around and do something crooked. So this is why integrity matters. I need God's help. We all need God's help because we're in a nation swirling down the drain. We need another model. And thank God for Jesus. Thank God for Jesus. As we watch our society go more and more down the drain, 
How do we respond as Christians? Do we hear out the world's wisdom? Do we make compromise based off of what the world says is right and wrong? Today in his message, Pastor Jeff showed you that there's nothing more important to your faith than standing up for what you know to be true. The world's wisdom will always fail you because it's a lie, but God's never will. Never back down from the gospel. I'll hand it over to Diane, who will let you know more about Hardwired. If you're enjoying Pastor Jeff's messages here on Hardwired, we invite you to listen to more like these in person. If you're in the Fort Worth, Texas area, why not be a part of what's happening at Turning Point Church? All the information you'll need is on our website, hardwired.org. Once you're there, just click on the tab TPC Family. One more time, that website is hardwired.org. I'll hand it over to Daniel again as he explains what's coming up. In times of uncertainty, it can be easy to follow along with the world. As our culture goes more and more in a direction of immorality, do we let our guard down and change our morals? Well, next time on Hardwired, Pastor Jeff illustrates the seriousness of remaining steadfast in God's truths. When the influence of the world is hitting you over the head with its philosophies, fix your eyes on heaven and remember that you are a citizen of God's kingdom. Stand firm in your beliefs. Thanks for taking time to be with us today as we studied God's Word. If you'd like to hear more teachings from Pastor Jeff, visit hardwired.org. On behalf of Pastor Jeff and the entire production team, we invite you to join us again right here on Hardwired.